The sermon is entitled, Responding to God's Love. When the Apostle Paul wrote his letter to the Philippians, still being in prison, and how the Philippian church sent to him aid and comfort, sent to him a person to bring this and to see about this, his letter back to them was a love letter in many ways, telling them, thank you, thank you, thank you for being concerned about me again. Thank you for sending these things to me, even though I know how to be when I am full and in, when I am in want. It was a response to a demonstration of God's love by Paul in his life from the Christians there in the church in Philippi. Have you ever experienced God's love through someone else? Has someone who you have encountered in your life brought to you an experience of the love of God that was unexpected, surprising, welcomed, because you were in the midst of difficulty, perhaps like Paul, though for most of us, prison is not one of those things that we have to worry about. But have you had that experience where a Christian or a group of Christians sent to you expressions of love, support, words of encouragement from God when you least were expecting it? And so Paul could write those things, and he could mean those things, and if you go back and read that short letter of his to the Philippians, you will understand how he felt appreciated and gave thanks to God for their concern. The psalmist knows of these things. Here in Psalm 116, a psalm that is read from time to time, but is not, I would say, one of the psalms that come to mind when people think of the psalms. And yet, it speaks of the comfort and the blessing of God in our lives when things can be difficult, when life has its challenges. I love the Lord, the psalmist writes, for he heard my voice, he heard my cry for mercy. The psalmist explains something that is very fundamental to us, to us as Christians and to the people of God. When we cry out to the Lord, it is not as if we were crying out into the dark into some vast emptiness, to some chaos that has no response. When we cry out to the Lord, God hears our cries. God hears our prayers. 
God hears our voice, even if it is not being spoken, but is welling up deep from within our hearts and souls. God hears us. The psalmist says it in human language because he turned his ear. Because he turned his ear. How many times have we been talking to others and then they said to us, what did you say? My wife, who is at home ill, could tell you, I'm getting tired of talking to this man. But every wife could probably say that of her husband. But not so with the Lord. The Lord turns his ear and the Lord hears you. The Lord understands. The Lord hears your cry. He is not turning you away. The psalmist tells us this. It is something that we should be aware of, but sometimes we think that even God is not listening to us. And that is never the case. That is never, ever the case. The psalmist says in the most difficult of times, the verse in number three says, the cords of death entangle me. The anguish of the grave came upon me. I was overcome by trouble and sorrow. There perhaps is the hardest thing of life, is the confrontation. The psalmist calls them the cords of death, that which threatens us because it takes from us the very life that we have in this world. And perhaps that is the most precious thing that we have to ourselves is our lives and the lives of those we love. We can be overcome by troubles and by sorrows. Sometimes our troubles seem so large, our sorrows so deep, that we seemingly are unable to overcome them. And if it were not for our ability, our unique gift and privilege to call upon the name of the Lord, to cry out, O Lord, save me, we would be lost. We would be in the deepest of despair. We would be without hope and assurance. But we can trust the Lord our God. We can trust God in all of his ways 
and in all of his judgments. For the Lord is gracious and he is righteous. He is full of compassion. It says the Lord protects the simple-hearted. And in so many ways, all of us are simple-hearted. Our hearts are fragile things, not just the physical one, but the spiritual nature of our hearts. They are often very fragile. They can be injured and bruised easily. They can be made as hard as stone when sin and anger and hatred take root in us. But God, in his son Jesus Christ, has transformed our hearts, has made them living, has made them strong, has made them to be able to endure the great trials of life. The Lord promises us strength and rest. The Lord promises us that he will be with us through all of life's journeys and all of life's difficulties. We know this. We know it. We've been told it. We've read about it. We've even experienced it in our lives, but yet somehow it slips away. Somehow we second-guess the Lord. Somehow we think, will he be there this time? And the answer is, yes, he will be. The psalmist writes, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. O Lord, truly I am your servant. I am your servant, the son of your maidservant. You have freed me from my chains. Some biblical commentators say this verse these verses point to the Lord Jesus Christ. And in many ways they do. But they also point to us. They point to us because we are his people. We are the saints. We are the ones who have been freed from the chains we are the ones who are his servants. And because of that, the psalmist writes, I will sacrifice a thank offering to you and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people 
in the courts of the house of the Lord. We respond to God's love and mercy and his strength, his providential hand in our lives. Sometimes we respond with great gratitude and thanksgiving. Sometimes we respond with generous gifts made to the Lord for his purposes and for his work. Sometimes we respond by taking vows that say, I will commit myself to the work of the Lord in a new way. Elders of the church take vows. Deacons of the church take vows. Pastors of the church take vows. Members of the church take vows. And we do so because we belong to the Lord. We respond to the Lord for all of his grace. We take vows because it is the Lord who has saved us and we have become his servants. And God calls us to fulfill our vows before him as witnesses of his love and his mercy, of his grace, of his redemption, of the life that he has saved, renewed, and promised everlasting life to. The Apostle Paul, as he was writing to the Philippians, as he ended this part of his letter, he said these things, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. These attributes, these Christian attributes, doing what is right, keeping ourselves pure, doing what is in love, what is admirable about God and his church and the work that he has laid out for us. Wanting to do things in an excellent manner, praiseworthy because to God be all of the glory. Think about these things. Do these things. Live these things. Rise up and be the people of God whom have been redeemed and whom have been saved.
Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. For the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is what the psalmist meant when he said, I cry out to the Lord, and he has heard my voice, and I will call on him as long as I live. How shall we respond to the love of God? Shall we take it for granted? Or shall we live and work and share and support and stand as those who have been redeemed, as those who have been counted among the saints of the Lord, how shall we respond to such love as this? Thanks be to God who hears us, who is at our side, who is always loving us and always has our very best in his hands. Amen.